Welcome everybody to my podcast, Big Little Small Talk. I'm Megan O'Hara-Sullivan and I love to talk, but I also love to listen. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome along to my segment called Big Little Small Talk, where I get to go out into the community and talk to people that I really enjoy and I think you will probably enjoy as listeners. Now today I've got a young man who is an incredible young man. I know I say that about a lot of my guests, but he really is. I see him everywhere I go. He's someone who's really embedded in the community and he's got a really interesting story to tell. Now his name is Prince Longlow. Welcome along, Prince. Hi Megan, thank you for inviting me to come along to your podcast. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm glad you've agreed to, to be interviewed. So let's start with your name. Where do you get a name like Prince if it's not a symbol for an ageing rock star? <laughs> so I actually got this name when I was one year old. So my parents gave me this name. They, it's pre- pretty typical, like, I, I would like, say it's quite Asian stereotype. They see, like, their kid as Prince, Queen. It's like they want them to be successful, obviously. So that's why they give me this name. But technically, they didn't put this name on my passport or birth certificate. So technically, so-called, now this name is a nickname for me. Right. So technically, my real name is still a Chinese name. So, yeah. so Which is what? Which is Long. So Long is my first name, from my real first name. And then Prince is just a nickname, but everyone knows me Prince here. Like since I moved to Australia, everyone knows me as Prince. So whatever, I'll just use Prince as my name. Right. So yeah. can I ask what are your sisters? Are they like your highness and your majesty? And- <laughs> <laughs> um, my sister, actually, she's not liking her her English name. So um, in a, from a Chinese culture background, like we often just give ourselves an English name. Like it's not really like Chinese name um so her name was happy so <laughs> she she wasn't liking it so like that's why she just changed it over and just use her own uh chinese name as lock as her name as english name yeah what a beautiful story yeah, so your parents story. called you prince at one and did they call her happy or did she choose happy so actually so the reason why her name is happy is because it's about our chinese name and chinese name history so her first name is Lok, which means that if you write in Chinese, like it's about happiness. And my name also has a happy vibe. It also has, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that my Chinese name is also have a very happy and open, very open meaning as well. So I guess my parents want both of us to be happy and enjoying our life. That's why they gave us this name. And yeah, so that's but how... they I'm, gave you the kind of they the one-up, the, which yeah. is the pr- Prince. I think that's yes. a pretty good, strong... <laughs> and that's a destiny, isn't it? If yeah, you're called it Prince, it's a pretty good way to start the yeah, world, it is I, a would, very good I would way think. <laughs> yeah. You got you got the pressure from the parents, obviously, like, oh, you, you want to be, like, royalty or want to be, like, successful. But yeah, it's a good start. It's a good <laughs> it's omen, a good, I good think. Moment, it's a good, a good omen. Start, really. Now, Prince, I mentioned that I see you everywhere I go. When was the last time we ran into each other? I think last time we're in each other is to reclaim the night. And what you explained to the listeners March. what reclaim the night was. So we saw each other on Friday night. We so, gathered outside City Hall. Yes. So I think it's a uh, event organised by a Domestic Violence Action Centre. It's about talking about like women's rights as well as like how to create a safe space for women. And uh, I believe in the Toowoomba community as well. Like mm-hmm. and at the, plus also I work in the community sector as well. I see, I hear a traumatic experience from different 
women that I work as well, like experiencing domestic violence uh, situation, which is quite concerning. And I believe um, it's a good cause to um, take some action and uh, march with the crew, with Domestic Violence Action Centre crew and with you as well, to just show that there's people in the community care about women's rights and care about them mm. and their welfare. Because it was really interesting, wasn't it? And yeah. I mean, there wasn't so much um, on it only being women and it was really heartening to see men there, but it was about people should be able to walk their streets and be safe. And so we're taking back the night. We should be able to walk around at yep. night time and feel safe. And I don't know about you, but um, there wasn't a big lot of people, but we walked down Rustman Street and then up Margaret Street and back down. And there was people along the footpath. And when they saw us coming, they stood up and, and clapped and, yeah. and shouted to us in a really positive way. So I, I was really heartened by that. Yeah. yeah, same. I feel really heartened by that. And this is a really successful moment. Like you can see that the community is actually supporting um, this good cause. So I think it's, a, it's an amazing night. Yeah. I know you like to support good causes and we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about your work soon. But I want to go back to um, not so much your upbringing, because I do want to talk about that as well. And you mentioned your Asian culture, but tell me about what you studied to be doing the work that you're doing now and what's the official title of your work? So my official title of the work currently is a youth hub worker. I work in a not-for-profit organisation called Multicultural Australia. So we have offices across Brisbane, Logan, and as well as Toowoomba, obviously. And I base in the Toowoomba office, mainly support the young people from a refugee and migrant background in order for them to successfully transit out from school as well as find, finding them employment and uh, education pathways, work experience, all these sort of things as well as community connection. And that's probably the reason why I show myself in every um, every event and, <laughs> and secure in every opportunities because actually not, not just about my self-improvement, but I, I can identify any opportunity for my students that will be good to get them connected in community that will be amazing as well. Mm -hmm. So my study background is I got a bachelor degree in business, major in human resources, management I also got a bachelor degree in psychology so uh, two degrees so I got two degrees and I also got a master's in social work oh you're so, lazy so yeah, lazy so folks lazy. can you hear <laughs> yeah, yes. so I spent around six years of studying uh, three degrees I came here as an international student so that's how I get involved in in kind of uh, and my first job actually in Queensland and in Australia is actually doing a lot of student support work around building international students' career capabilities and also higher education student career capabilities as well. So basically provide them running events like build up their skills in terms of developing their career skills like resume writing skills, okay. cover letter skills and interview and improve their personal attributes as well as like confidence in public speaking and in general um, dealing with employers. So I feel like that's how I find my niche and I find myself as well, like as a person come from an international background as well, working with people that came from an international background, I feel like I'm very connected with their stories mm. as well as I know how, because I also been through my personal journey as coming from an international background, I know it's quite hard during that process to get connected in the community, to get myself out there uh, in a community mm. to be seen mm. and in order to just build up my skills and, and have an employment mm. that's a successful career. So you obviously took to the study and you, you loved study, but just 
thinking and hearing you say, how do you get connected to the community? What's the sort of the one piece of advice you give to you, all these students, you know, about building that confidence and capability, about feeling relaxed enough to, as I know, I was just talking this morning at the markets to a young Syrian girl, and it's that sort of that crossover. So mixing with people outside your comfort zone, I guess. Yeah. So I feel like it's, it's always around like finding a tool or finding a way that helps you. Like thanks to my quite extrovert personality, <laughs> I'm quite autonomously able to able to strike conversation with a person. But I know that I've, I've seen students that are not very outgoing, not very extrovert person. I see that all the time as well. So I would advise them basically, hey, if you can tag along with a friend, go to these events or go to explore different uh, different opportunities with mm. a friend that are more extrovert mm. and that so will be a great idea. So do you mean sort of go to events that you would normally say as a young Asian student, say female, you would not normally go to a football match or you wouldn't go, you know, like I'm just trying to yeah. make that connection between and I'm not saying that the students should necessarily integrate if they don't want to, but it seems to be this expectation that you have to integrate or something, you know? You, you technically doesn't need to like it's it's not a it's not an accessory thing for you to integrate if you're very comfortable with your own space i'm i'm have no objection with like not integrating and mm. stuff like that but i feel like when i grow older and older i see the value of how it being integrated is important as mm. well so for example it helps you personally like improve your self-confidence and improving your own professional skills personal and professional skills as well yeah. when you when you're integrating with a wider community yeah. and when you learn from other people from the other from the stories as well like i feel that very um very inspired by meeting different people as well so i can see the benefits here for integrating uh and for I wouldn't say integrating. I can see the benefits for going out there and reach out to people and get to learn more about the community as mm. well, learn to know other people as well. So mm. I feel like that's very valuable for me as an individual. That's from my own perspective. Mm, yeah, For sure. I think... Um and you said that you work for a, a company called Multicultural Australia and I was looking on their website and it says we try and foster an understanding and recognise the valuable contribution that new arrivals and migrants make to Queensland. And that's so true. You know, it's not a one-way street. We are not giving these migrants... <laughs> we are giving them an opportunity and we're welcoming, but we are getting so much back in return. And I think that's, I guess, what people coming here need to know, that we are so grateful that we're here, not only for our economic prosperity, but for all of the cultural things that they bring to us. I always say that culture's more than eating dumplings at the multicultural festival <laughs> it's so much more than that it's the understanding and the different um different values that people bring to our countries so. yeah so i i would say it's important that for you to go out and meet other people and talk about your own culture as well so i am a huge advocate in in owning your yourself and owning your, your culture as well so i'm proud of myself being a being an asian as well so i share my culture i share my pride with other people about like hey how i how I feel about the world, how I think as well about the Chinese culture, about my name and my story. Mm. And I feel like migrants should not lose that part. Like they should be proud of themselves where they come from and where their background is. And they should be proud of themselves that been through the journey and migrate in Australia and learn the Australian way, obviously. <laughs> 
Now, I'll just remind listeners that they're on 4DDB, Community Radio 102.7. We're in our segment called Big Little Small Talk, where we're talking to someone in the community, a valued member in the community. And today, I'm talking to Prince Long Lo. Now, Prince, you mentioned your Asian heritage. So tell me, you are from Korea? No, I'm from Hong Kong. Oh, Hong Kong. I beg your pardon. So tell me how you came to be in Australia. Were you born in Hong Kong? Yeah, I was born in Hong Kong and I spent basically my not adult life so like I basically zero age to age of 17 I spend my whole time in Hong Kong so I grew up in new territories which is like um, a great bigger territory close to China so I I lived in a quite rural regional area as well so I kind of that's why I kind of feel like I'm more connected to the vibe in here in Toowoomba um, so what, yeah. What were your parents doing in Hong Kong? So uh, my father is an engineer and my elder sister is also an engineer and my mum is just a housewife, she didn't work. And I am not an engineer, not a doctor <laughs> and not a lawyer. So yeah. um, so I'm not sure whether my parents will be proud of me what I'm doing now, well, but yeah. I was yeah, going yeah. to ask you, so you started to study, um, did you study in Hong Kong or you just So straight... I studied high school in Hong Kong. Okay. Um, and you wanted so, to be an international student. So, and then I came, I came as an international student. So first yeah. year, and you started studying social work then? or I no? started studying uh, psychology and then uh, business, and uh-huh. then I moved to do a master's in social work uh-huh. later. So when you first came out here, what was your sort of plan as a 17-year-old Asian boy? What did you think? I'm going to do what? I'm going to be the HR yeah. guy for yeah. Facebook or something? Or <laughs> <laughs> And a... when did you make that change then into the sort of the more humanities and yeah. start to then study social work? That's a very interesting question actually. I came to Australia when I was 18 years old so I literally turned 18 for around three months before I moved to Australia. So if you're an international student under the age of 18 you need to have like um, you need to have, to have like designated agreement with the university and then you have to have a guardian as well as stuff like that so I literally turned 18 uh three months and before I came to Australia so and then uh, my technically I did not make the decision to come to Australia at the time because when I was when I was a 18 year old boy I finished high school basically I feel that's why I feel very connected when I work at the school community as well so with a school student they can be so lost not sure what what they do, what they want to do mm. as well in their life. So, so my parents explore options for me to hey study overseas, and then they pick Australia and they pick Brisbane for me to study in Brisbane. And then basically at that time I was like, okay, whatever, <laughs> I'll just go and mm. just take my leap of faith to go and study okay. there. Right. Um, so still at this stage, I have no idea what I want to do, no idea, no clue as well. And then I recited to an accommodation place and I actually have no idea where my uni is, where where it is about. Like, I have no idea about Brisbane. I didn't do much research when I first came. <laughs> so I just hop onto the plane with all my luggages and then... Faith, yeah, right? and then I just land in a place that I don't know where I am. So um, I got picked up by my accommodation provider to my accommodation places and then, yeah, so... And kind of like survivor mode kicks in, like, oh, I need to reach out to other people, ask, hey, where's my uni? <laughs> How do I go to uni and stuff like that? So I started um, a university preparation course. I didn't go straight to university. So that's how I feel like get more connected with the migrant students here because they need to do a university preparation course before they move to university as well. So, and then I study half a year university preparation course and I get into um, um, university, uh, Queensland University of Technology, QUT at Brisbane. Um, at that time, I when I, do my university preparation course, I wasn't, I, I was picking, 
the first preference for me it's study Bachelor of Biomedical Science mm-hmm. because I want to be a doctor. Med, yeah. yeah, I want to be a doctor moving forward. So biomedical science is the first step to become a doctor. And then after I finish my my preparation university preparation program, I changed my mind. I was like, I might want to do something in business. Um, I, once I finish finish university degree, I want to move back to Hong Kong as well. So I study a business course, and I also interested in psychology and how organizational psychology and all sort of stuff like that, and understand the human brain and the journey as well. So I just picked psychology. So that's how I I picked as well. And then yeah, I switched majors as well throughout the time. So that's one of the piece of advice I could give to young people and if you're in university as well so like there you can be unsure about what you want and what you want to do and there's always people can help you and you can reach out to mm, and to talk mm, about they navigate mm, your pathway right. there don't freak out don't if you're freak sort out. of um, thinking yeah. i don't want to be yeah. a something for the rest of my life and so what about your parents were they freaking out a bit saying mate you're chopping and changing you no they're, they're quite supportive and i and i really really um happy and i really very thankful that they trust me that I can survive well and can swim alone well in this foreign land no I call I call Australia home now but technically previously is foreign land um but yeah so I'm very grateful that they are very supportive and they're quite like they trust me they can I can be independent and jumping back to like how I move on to social service and community service as well so I feel like after I finished my psychology degree I feel like very connected that how and fascinating about how uh, people think and people thought and I want to support the community in a very holistic way so I pivot to study a master's in social work at the University of Queensland and then yeah got it here and then I got a placement with Multicultural Australia in Toowoomba and then I move up from there so mm-hmm. so how long ago was that uh, it was around to two coming to Toowoomba I came to Toowoomba around two years ago Okay. Is that all? Two years That's ago? All. Two oh, years you've ago. made a big splash in your time here, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's know, just two years so ago. So I just see, um, too, when you're at QUT, that you're on something called the Student Advisory Panel for Study Queensland. So tell me about that. So, as mentioned, I'm quite passionate about um, uh, international student welfare, international students, careers as well. So um, I got the opportunity from Study Queensland. So basically, you need to nominate yourself saying that, why do you think that you are a great advocate for um, international student or great representation for international students in representing Queensland. Uh, and then basically you just really write a submission saying that why do you believe that and then get some support later. It's similar to a job interview. Okay. It's a board from Study Queensland. It's one of three boards that um, provide advice to the state government, uh, department Study Queensland about their strategic direction on what sort of initiative they can create to impact, uh, create positive impact, I should say, uh, on international student experience, career experience, and general stuff in advising them. So that board is about, it's a student board. So basically it's using a student perspective and just basically tell the government, hey, this is what students want and mm. this is what the student voice mm. is about. So, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to have gone into that board and representing uh, students from Brisbane and Toowoomba because yeah. I moved... Uh, so you're still on that board now? No, I'm, no I finished that finished board yet. term. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Okay. I was, and that bought in 2019 to 2020. Okay. And I wanted to ask you, Prince, when you were talking about your work before um, working for Multicultural Australia, you're not just dealing with students, are you? You know, you're dealing with yeah. people who are working out in the community, working in cafes, yeah. they're, they're boilermakers, they're working at the foundry, they're, oh, not the foundry, the, um, the abattoirs there. Is that right? People yeah. are able to connect with Multicultural so Australia? So basically our office service is open to basically every migrant. Um, obviously... We deliver support services for designated refugees and international students, um, but we're always happy to help others, uh, help other migrants to get connected as well. And we also deliver service for them. Mm -hmm. If not under the benchmark, we all help you to link them with other service okay, providers as well. Right. Yeah. And do you think, you know, Toowoomba is known as a refugee welcome zone? What's the sort of word on the street? You know, are we sort of doing a good job or could we do better or what do you think? I think right now from what I see, it's definitely opened up and more acceptance from the community. I can see the opinion uh, towards targets migrants and refugees. Uh, because I only been here for quite a short time, like two years, not a very yes. long time. So I didn't, and I'm pretty sure the refugee welcome zone is a start from 2013. So um, I can see from the interaction with the wider community as well, I can see that people are very open to listen to, to uh, refugees and migrant stories, and um, they do a lot of initiative in supporting them as well. And as a community who support refugees and migrants as well, service provider works collaboratively together to mm. support um, uh, the particular cohort as well. Mm. So I feel like um, we do a really good job in and we should be proud of what we do mm. right now um, obviously there will be still room of improvement as well as like for example like when I connected with businesses and stuff like that um, probably business need to be more open uh, in accepting people with refugees and migrant background into work or giving them an opportunity just like for a work experience for work trial so that would be very valuable for both sides as well for the business to see hey this is a different skill set there can be a different talent identified from the migrant itself but also giving an opportunity for the migrant to experience Australian workforce and Australian workforce culture mm. is very valuable for both sides yeah, yeah that's such a great piece of advice I suppose I was thinking more in your neighborhood you know you walk down the street now and the street the face of Toowoomba is so different to say how it was 10 years ago we've got this incredible diversity but you know I guess people moving in to your neighborhood Make them feel welcome. Yeah. Like, go and say good day, and uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard that a lot of people are doing that, and very, and they create a very welcoming vibe um, towards migrants and other mm. other people from a non-Australian background. Mm. So, and then. You, we always love food. Like food is a common, <laughs> common share, advice, yeah. common share culture. Yeah. So, and always when I do at home visits as well, like when I finish the food on my plate, they will automatically give you another piece <laughs> of food. So basically, yeah, you just keep your plate filling, and then, and then, yeah. So I think it's a great idea, like um, doing some food sharing uh, with neighbors and and the migrants uh, community as well. They're very welcome, and very open to share their through their own culture as well. Yeah. And food is obviously a big part of the culture. It's only one part of the culture, yeah. but it's also because, a good you know, start. automatically, that's right. It's just such a lovely piece of advice because automatically we would say, I'll come over and have a drink or something. But, you know, a lot of migrant and a lot of people don't drink. So yeah. it's just such a beautiful thought, the idea of come over and share some food share together. Some food yeah. together. Well, you're obviously not um, porking out because of all the eating. You're as thin yeah. as the whip, I'll just tell the listeners. <laughs> oh, he's um, he's um, He looks about 18 and he couldn't have done oh, as much as he's done in, um, and be 18. I'll just tell you a cute little story. When we first came to Toowoomba, 
with our boys, our children went to St Anthony's and they had never seen really dark people before and there's a lot of Sudanese kids at St Anthony's and I remember our kids couldn't quite say Sudanese and they used to call them the souvenirs. Souvenirs. So that's, <laughs> that's a mix up with um, the language. But I'll just remind the listeners that they're on 40dB, 102.7 FM. We're on community radio and we're in our big little small talk segment where we're talking to someone in the community. And today we're talking to Prince Longlow and he's telling me about all his community work. So he's a perfect example of a good interviewee. Now, what I want to talk to you about, though, is you're a former director at QUT at the Dance Society. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> Tell me about the Dance Society. Um, it was it was a quite fun experience. So going back to the journey when I, was, when I started QUT, so basically, um, as you can see, I'm quite an extrovert, but um, when I first start, obviously, the settlement journey starts from like this. So basically, you start with very daunting experience and not sure what to do. So I feel like in the first two years of my life uh, when I was in Australia. It was still very daunting, don't know what to do. And in my first year of study, basically, I was like, uh, I just go to uni and then, yeah, come sit on class and yeah. come home. And I feel like very stressed out and I feel very like not very, you good. You spend good my time mm. here not in Australia. Having any fun. Not having fun and mm. not having, uh, not spend my time well in Australia. I feel like uh, if my parents sent me to Australia, they want me to experience Australia life and they want me to throw myself out there and get connected. Right. And you that's didn't how feel I like they wanted you to knuckle down and just yeah. do well. You felt yeah. that they wanted you to get the to most get the, out of yeah, it. Yeah, get the most out of it. And I feel right? like as well. Like, I feel like as well. Uh, my parents give me. I uh, spent so much money to send me overseas. They want me to get myself out there and experience life in Australia. So in my second year, I start with my strength, which is dancing. So I actually, well. <laughs> actually, I start learn how to dance uh, when I was six years old. So my parents put me to start dancing when I was very young. So what kind of dancing were you doing? So uh, in around six years old, like they uh, school would normally runs different like. Uh, cultural classes and stuff like that. So I start to learn Chinese dancing. I'm the only boy. Oh, I'm the surprise. Only boy. You're the only boy. I'm the right? only boy in every sort of <laughs> every sort of different uh, dance class there. And my parents say, hey, Prince, you need you go, you go to dance and you will feel like very special because you're the only boy there. I was like, okay, Get yeah. Get all the male and parts. I feel, yeah. yeah, and I feel like, yeah, that's that's quite cool. And one then, of one, yeah. And then, and after like... Um, close to the end of uh, primary school. So I started to get involved in other dance styles as well, like hip hop styles, as well as like Latin dance style, Latin. Uh, ballroom dance right. style. So I used to compete Latin dance uh, back home in Hong Kong and also compete ballroom dance in Hong Kong when I was quite young. And then, yeah, so that's why I feel like dancing is kind of my strength as well. So, and then um, during high school time, I just put highly focused on study and didn't do much dancing. So I feel like, hey, this is my strength this is something that I could start with and I can talk about my experience and talk about that with my with other people who have shared the same interests. That's why I start to join the club. So um, you looked it up and QUT had a dance club, did yeah, it? Yeah, QUT had right. a dance club. So basically I start joining the dance club as a member and I'm very active in there. And then when they start to run again in um, as an AGM and run again club again, I just put my hand yeah. and get on the board and then <laughs> get on and then I start with... Um, as a secretary and then move up to become director and president of the club. So, oh, the club. so what yeah. sort of dancing are they? They're just doing all so, types, are they? Yeah, they do Not too much ballroom, I wouldn't no, imagine. They, no, they're doing all these sort of types. So I used to run... Um, so basically we bring in dance 
students uh, from QUT to teach them as well. So I teach as well. So as well as bringing professional teachers come here to teach classes as well. So I remember that that was quite a long time ago. I remember like every Tuesday and Thursday, we run classes uh, uh, nighttime around like 5 to 6.30 and 6.30 to 8.30, something like that. So it's a like basically every week from week one of university term to around week nine of university term. So it was it was fun and then the styles interchanging and then they also have uh, choreography sessions like three. So basically they have three sessions, like for example, three Thursdays consecutively we'll, we'll have a choreography, like hip hop choreography and then um, QUT student engagement team will invite us to do performance for their annual events um, like East West Festival, like Dragon Boat Festival and stuff like that. They will have a stage. They will invite us to perform. So it was mostly Asian stuff, or not? And mostly Asian kids? No. No, it's no, a mix no. of yeah. like it's a mix of everyone. So we open doors for everyone, and it's actually a lot mainstream Australian students as well. So yeah, so we have different styles. I mentioned we have Latin, we have we have Latin choreography, we have like hip hop dance, we have like all sort of different stuff. We have ballet, contemporary, and everything. So basically, we run different uh, styles. So that's that's the purpose of it. We want everyone to come and join and come and learn. Yeah. Um, for beginners, intermediates and everything, right. everyone. So. so you really um, took this dance group. Like, was that the most successful that the QUT dance? When I was at QUT, I did not know that there was a dance group there, yeah. I have to say. Yeah, Yeah. so I think they'd start the club. I'm the third president of the club. So they started quite, they started a couple of years before me start stepping in as a president. Yeah. And I think so far I'm still the only guy president i'm the only male president <laughs> so far <laughs> i because i'm still following them on, on their right. and their social media and stuff like that oh, the socials, they're still yeah. doing uh, great stuff they're still doing amazing stuff and yeah i'm still interacting with a lot of students and still doing a lot of performance it's yeah. amazing yeah so tell me about k-pop what's the phenomena of k-pop what does that all mean mm. for an old person like me tell me about k-pop k-pop um can't say that I'm the expert of it, but yeah, um, yeah, I listen to a bit of K-pop. Um, it's a style of music. It's a style it? of music, and the, that sort of music is very, uh, very um, having a very pop, uh, pop style. Is of music. it stand for Korean pop? It stands for right. K-pop. Stand for Korean pop music. Right. So it's a style of music, uh, but a lot of Korean pop music uh, have uh, choreography built in as well. So uh, a lot of the times that they have to the dance with the music. So and then it. it went viral all over the internet because of how good some of the dances they do and the performance they do on stage and yeah basically in a national level as well so i know yeah i'm quite familiar with a couple of groups that are that are obviously on tv that make a very um very viral right thing, and you know. is there sort of something that you could say K-pop is mostly about love songs or is it, you know, techno or is it about the dancing? It's just all of that, is it? I feel like it's about a mix of everything, but I feel like it's about dancing. Yeah. Um, it's about dancing and some songs, they obviously have meanings about uh, some songs. Yeah. Um, um, but technically it's more like about dancing and uh, sharing the good vibes okay. as well as, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. <laughs> is that K-pop? Gangnam Style is K-pop, yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I'm so fascinated by it, I met a guy the other day in Toowoomba from the Beamish Brothers, Jeremy Beamish, who he and his brother are songwriters and they are now at the moment writing songs, K-pop songs. And I think, how do you get into the mindset of being a K-pop writer? I just found it fascinating, you know, that someone can write songs, but I suppose that's yeah. the craft of writing songs, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's the craft of writing songs. I'm not very good at any artistic 
mystical stuff. But right. yeah, but um, yeah, I feel like it's a, it's about the melody, it's about the the pop and uh, the style of it, how okay. to write it, and then I I think I can't say I'm wrong, I'm correct or wrong. Like I think they put the lyrics after. Okay. Um, they write up the melody. Right. I think. Yeah. We might have to ask Patty, our host, to go and find a K-pop song and and play it for us later on. Yeah. But what I am interested in too, Prince, is so we're in the dance club. We're on the students study Queensland board. What about anything else? Are you in any other clubs when you're at QUT and here at the moment? Anything like badminton or anything like that? Oh yeah. So um, so when I start. See, I can stalk your yeah. Facebook page. You Oh gosh. Um, yeah. So when I moved to Toowoomba, um, so obviously moving from Brisbane to to uh, Toowoomba is quite um, quite a new place here. So similar experience when I moved from Hong Kong to Australia. Still very new place to me. So, but but I picked the I choose the opportunity to pick it to stay on a uh, university student college. So I met a lot of friends there, and how I get to know people uh, from university. Still got friends there, and it's amazing. And I also get quite along with the university uh, USQ badminton group, and they are very welcoming, very amazing. So they invited people that like not even study in USQ, which is me, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and not even a student. Um, and to, to not can, even playing, able to play badminton. Not even able. Badminton. My badminton skills are alright. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Bad, yeah, they, they teach. They they are very welcoming and they teach beginners as well. So uh, it's amazing that they they create such a very welcome um, uh, on the club as well. So and for me to engage with them, so I play with them regularly. They're good friends of mine. So it's very good to get into know them as well as yeah. Yeah, so that's another group. So are there any other groups that you're a part of? You know, Thursday night I play bridge. Friday night I play badminton. Anything like that? Nothing? Hmm, that's a great question. I what am... other groups are you in or, or clubs oh, or anything? Groups I'm in. Clubs I'm in. So I play badminton uh, regularly on uh, at Singoshla's. It's a Toowoomba badminton group, but also with the US2 badminton group team and every Tuesday and Thursday. So sometimes I will go for gymnastics. Oh. So on Thursday, it's <laughs> so on Thursday nights as well, we'll go for gymnastics on Thursday nights. So it's a great way. I feel like a more active person. I just want to get out there and do a lot of sports and stuff like that. So yeah, I used to practice gymnastics when I was young as well. So that's why it's good um, to pick it up sometimes. You yeah. are really giving it a red hot go, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, everything, just have a go. Just try, yeah. Have a go, yeah, have a try go. and have a go. Throw, throw yeah. yourself into it. Yeah. What about the, I know, as I said before, that you're you're everywhere, you do everything, every march, every event, every, you were out yesterday at the Postle Flash. Tell yeah. me about that. So it was a very fun day. So um, Where was it? It was at Club Pittsburgh. So um, I got invited by Councillor Jeff McDonald's saying, uh, saying that, yeah, do you want to come along and just check out what's happening in there, what's fun in there? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I can see a lot of local uh, students, or I should say local people, local great athletes. They're racing as well as um, great fun time to engage with the local mm -hmm. community as well as there's kids there just playing and I was, splint I was sprinting with the kids. So it's the, um, it it's the Crimson Flash named after Arthur Postle? I think I've got that right. Is that right? I'm and he was sure. the fastest. You're not sure, I'm and not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> we should be better up <laughs> on the details. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a new event into the Toowoomba region, and I think it's one of the really great up and coming events, isn't it? It's yeah. terrific. Yeah. So you were there most of the day. You got a, a yep. storm come through there. Yeah, I got a storm come through there, and then yeah, um, hit us quite hard. But yeah, after 15 minutes, like the sun goes back up, and then 
keep going. Keep going. Keep and, then, going. and the track would have been rated as, yeah. as wet then. And I wet would... there, but they're still racing. <laughs> they're so, still racing. Yeah. Did you have a race yourself? Yeah, I have a race myself. Oh, with, how'd you go? Oh, so... Um, in a middle of in trim in a middle like councillor jeff invited me to just race with some of the some of the younger kids oh. so it's just like a short race uh back and forth like a relay back and forth it was it was and are you terribly fun. competitive did you let them win yeah, or were you tripping yeah. them over or anything like yeah, that yeah I'm, I'm terribly competitive <laughs> uh, uh yeah no so basically they have like i think they put he puts like seven kids um so with seven kids and one adult in each team so <laughs> i'm the adult on team so i'm racing technically against the other adult so that's how I can be competitive oh, because I right. I'm racing against the adult but if I'm racing against the kids then probably not right. I'll just be like mm. yeah. <laughs> running a bit slow probably. All right. you, you, yeah. they, they might have beaten you it's a, it's a hard thing to give in to kids sometimes isn't it don't let mm. the kids win that's a mm. that's a quite famous song what about the luminance festival what's the luminance festival can you remember um the luminous lantern parade yeah okay so it's a it's a signature event uh, organized by my organization every single year. So we have two biggest events actually every year within my organization, the Luminous Lantern Parade, but also the Mosaic Festival, which actually happens quite, uh, I think, yeah, earlier this month actually. So the Luminous Lantern Parade is basically the signature event. Uh, we walk together in South Bank Parklands, share multiculturalism um, and share, and we invited different groups um, to build lanterns here. So lanterns can be representing hopes and future. So uh, we walk together, we have our lanterns up and then just share that uh, hope for the future as well as share uh, multiculturalism together. Mm, sounds beautiful. And what's the other event that you started to So it's about? it's the Mosaic Festival. Yeah. So it's happening every year around October. So um, this year we start with a, a citizenship ceremony there. So basically we invite uh, we invite the ministers and uh, people um, in Brisbane Council in Brisbane to just witness at the first part of the citizenship ceremony. And we just basically uh, have a couple of stages and basically invited people from a different cultural background to come to perform their own songs and their own um, choreography and basically sharing their own culture. And obviously it's a big festival in Roman Street Parklands and they all have different food stores around as I mentioned food mm. is the good way yes, to start and get connected the, the unifier, so yeah. yeah it's a great unifier yeah. so yeah it, it was a great day and I basically coordinate a bus um, to bring around 69 students from uh, to almost say hi to Harris Town say hi from a migrant background to just come down to Brisbane experience uh, different culture as well so oh, yeah fabulous yeah. yeah I didn't hear anything about that I'd like to go next yeah. year and see I'll just remind the listeners that we're on 4DDB with a community radio station, 102.7 FM, and we're interviewing Prince Long Low for our big little small talk segment. And we're up to the part of the interview, Prince, where I ask you a couple of left field questions. You know, they, they come from anywhere and everywhere. So... As I said, I did stalk your Facebook page. I had to um, find out some information. And you don't mind a, uh, a selfie. So tell me, what's the best thing about taking a selfie? I feel like photos or selfie, it's a remarkable way to remember what I have done in a community. So like, considering like if I if I'm going older, if I'm 70 years old, if I'm 80 70? years old, if I'm 70 or 80 years old, <laughs> if I'm, it, it, it's a great memory to remember what I've been doing and what I've done and how do I support the community. It's not about my own pride, but about like how and reflecting on my life of what impact that I've created as well and how much support that I receive from the community as well. And, and it's a very 
a heartwarming thing to look at it as well. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. And it's a good way of sort of breaking the ice with people yeah. too. You might, um, you really admire someone, but you can go up and say, do you mind if I take yeah, a selfie? Yeah, do I mind if I take a selfie or a photo? Your, what's your sort of most proud selfie that you've taken or someone that you really admired and you, got, oh. you were able to get their picture? Can you think? Oh, that's a good question. I never thought of that, that yeah. question. So, what about um, celebrity people or um, you know people involved in your work or anything like that? Ministers or anything that you I'm involved in my work. Um, well, I'll leave that one with you. Leave that one because, with me. Yeah, yeah. Because my next question is, what's your favourite celebrity scandal? Do you have a celebrity scandal? Um, uh, no, not particularly. Well, I'll give you time to think about it yeah. because as I was writing that question out, you know the royals like Princess Diana yeah. and Fergie and that. Well, I'm obsessed with the royals. I think yeah. the listeners probably know it's my guilty pleasure. So I spend most of my time on Instagram looking at, <laughs> you know, the royals' um, babies particularly and their weddings, you know, Princess Margaret's wedding from 1958 or something rather and dresses and, you know, it's really just such a time waster. I can't believe yeah. I do it. But I think I started to get addicted to it in the... 80s, I think, when Fergie was in the toe-sucking scandal. Do you oh. remember anything about that? So this was when the paparazzi really started to hone in on the celebrities and she was with some fellow, I can't remember his name, not her husband, obviously, um, and they were at some resort and this fellow was sucking her toes. Well, it was just like the most <laughs> embarrassing Embarrass. sort of... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sort of imagine having your face sla uh, slashed splashed across the front of the, the then magazines... Um, um, with someone sucking yeah. your toes, just very embarrassing. It's very so, embarrassing. So yeah. you don't really get into the meanness of the, I don't the really celebrity get, yeah, scandal? Yeah, I don't really get into the mean of celebrity yeah. scandals, but yeah. I'm more like, as as a quite open person as well, I feel, I feel like I see things in a lens that a very positive way as well. So <laughs> I feel like, yeah, um, yeah, not really... Not really can't think of it on top of my on head right now, so head. it's quite no, no. quite positive in seeing things and viewing things in yeah. mind as do well. Yeah. Do you um do you admire sort of pop singers and you know that sort of thing? Are you watching them all on YouTube like my I kids? I'm watching like I'm watching them on YouTube, but it's more like like a loop. So basically, like you just play songs around. Right, loop. I didn't right. have a famous celebrity or something like that, but I do have some admire. Um, celebrity, they write uh, good songs, and you're yeah. probably watching TED talks on yeah, how to TED be talks. a, um, you know, a great motivational person yeah, motivational in the community person. or something. <laughs> indeed, yes. indeed, because so. that's because you've got a very pure and good heart, rather than indeed. Uh, yeah, I watch a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of Simon Sinek. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. so talk about like how to start with your why and all sort of stuff like that. Oh, so it's wow. it's quite nice. Yeah, that's fantastic because my kids are watching things like the shoe polishing videos, you know, or um the hair brushing videos hair you know they'll they'll tell you the weirdest things that you yeah. can see on youtube but they watching someone polish their shoes and get them really really shiny, really shiny. i know is that weird I no think i think yeah it sounds a bit weird it yeah. is okay now i did ask you to prepare something for me because yeah. this is after all a radio program and we play songs yeah. and i want to know what is a song that says something about you so I think the song says something about me. It's how far it will go uh, from... How far it will go. Write yep. that down, yeah? So it's a Disney theme song. <laughs> uh, so the, the movie related to it, it's Moana. Oh. So, um, yeah, it is a Disney theme song. I feel like it really resonates me because, like... Um, the movies actually talk about, like, Moana is actually going out to... Uh, representing their own 
community and their own culture to explore um, what's happening and trying to save their own community as well. So I Prince, feel I feel like you're like a saint. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Um, not really. It's it's resonant in me because like I um, sh- at some point she got lost. Um, she's very lost about her identity. As also like she wasn't. She was quite confused of what she can do and how far she can go. So um, that song really resonated me because I feel like we share quite similar experience. That I came from a different background and I kind of exploring myself in this land right now and hopefully that people see that I'm achieving something and having a great contribution to community. That is a lovely, lovely story, right. Do you put it on when you're going to go for a run on the running machine? It pumps you up, does it? It pumps me up, yeah. That's great. So what about then the song that can't keep you off the dance floor? If you hear it, come on. Are you, well, you were a dancing man. Yeah, I'm a dancing man. (laughs) Um, uh, Cunking me up is... um, Uptown Funk from Bruno oh, Mars. Yes, yes, I love it's, that. I love that song. Too. Yeah, so I um, also like Bruno Mars as a, as a singer as well. He has a beautiful voice and he's a great, um, um, great singer, but also a great artist as well. So I like, ah, love him. Yeah. yeah. What's the line from Uptown Funk? Um, here's the cup. Put some liquor in it. <laughs> <laughs> Take a sip, sign a check. Oh, yeah. you're terrific. Yeah. Well, you and I are going to dance to that when we see each other out somewhere. Yeah. So, Prince, I'm going to finish off. What is, what's the future look like? What's the ideal thing? Where would you love to be sort of in 20 years in terms of um, work, family? Do you picture yourself going back to Hong Kong or staying here? No, uh, there's obviously a lot of possibilities for me. I, and I understand there's a a lot of possibilities for me as well. So I won't restrict it to any opportunities. Um, if I have opportunities to go back to Hong Kong, I will. But at this stage, I'll call, I still call Toowoomba my home and I still call Australia my home um, because I feel like I have deeply connected with the community here and it really resonate myself with the values and uh, with what I'm doing here. So uh, in 20 years, who knows, really? Like, right. um, yeah, I really don't know what I could do. That. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to um, sort of go out on a downer, but just talking about Hong Kong, are a lot of your friends involved in the activism there with the politics and, and what is life like there at the moment? Yeah, life like there, it's... Um, it's a bit difficult. It's not just about activism, but also it's about like pandemic as well. The situation is quite different in there. Um, there's obviously a power shift in Hong Kong situation. Um, I'm observed quite very closely. So I'm obviously concerned about uh, the issues down there as well. Uh, but really, I feel like peaceful dialogue is really the way that um, to resolve the issue. It's so like, um, I feel like both sides should hear different perspective quite clearly. And it, this is a way that we move forward together mm. as a community, but mm. also as as country, as how mm. we see it as well. Sage advice from someone so young. Well, Prince, that brings our interview to an, uh, to a close, but you, I know that your future is bright. I can feel it. I'm sure the listeners can feel it too, because you've just got such a good, kind heart and a lovely disposition that you couldn't help but fulfil the, the name that your parents gave to you. Thank you. Prince Long Low. And your sister, Happy? She hates that name. She hates that name. So, yeah, hopefully she of, didn't listen to that. <laughs> you got a little bit of Happy. But thank you so thank much. You. It's been a joy to talk to you today, Prince. Thank Thanks you. so much, Megan. Yeah, Appreciate that. Thank Thanks you. for inviting me. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me on Big Little Small Talk. I hope you can make the time to join me next week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favourite podcast app.